everyone. My name is Michael Kaiser. And I'm John Wilson. And welcome to another special episode of Make Ours Marvel. We call the Make Ours Marvel Mailbag. This I is think. the Yeah, that's right. That's that's great. <laughs> this is yeah. the twelfth Make Ours Marvel Mailbag, so you should be getting it right at some point. <laughs> right. And this is where we just, you know, we set aside the comics. And we look at the emails, letters, and um, Mm -hmm. other various correspondences that y'all have sent us about this podcast that we've been doing for for over two years now. Crazy sauce. Yeah. All appreciated. Thank you up front. And then we'll also thank you at the end, probably. Yeah. Very, very, very likely. Unless we forget to, in which case, you know, we never claim to be perfect human beings. Yes. I'm not even entirely sure why they expect me to be a functioning adult. (laughs) And who they even is. <laughs> um, our first one is a short one. You want to go ahead and start us off with uh, Paul? Paul Abbott from March 4th. Hi, guys. Just want to congratulate you on such a great podcast. Very ambitious and probably crazy of you to even attempt it, but much appreciated. I'm a lifelong Marvel fan from the UK, and at 55 years old, I can actually visualize See, he spelled it without a Z, and it really threw me off there for a second. Some of the stories you cover from when I read them as a kid. Hope you keep going with it. Good luck. Cheers, Paul. So, 55 Ah. years old, that means he was born in 65? 65, yeah. Okay, so all the issues we're reading now were probably, like, in the middle of being reprinted in the UK or um, were still obtainable as reprints in the UK. I'd be very interested if he were to write back, Paul, talking to you and like say what it was like. Because I'm assuming his prime collecting years were probably the 70s then. Mm-hmm. So like, what was it like trying to collect Marvel, not in America, you know? Yeah. From what I've heard, it's it's a bit of a haphazard deal uh, yeah. trying to get stories and trying to get series because you're, you're literally at the whim of whatever they decide to reprint. Mm-hmm. Like I'm reading, um, I'm reading Transformers comics from the UK for my for Return to Cybertron, and they all have a, a reprint backup. And there was Machine Man for a while, and, and there's Iron Man for a while, and now they're doing some random Star Comics adaptation of one episode of a um, robot toy cartoon. But it's just like so those Machine Man stories and those Iron Man stories were only reprinted in Transformers and probably nowhere else. Hmm. If you got them, you got them. And, Paul, is your favorite character Captain Britain, or am I horribly stereotyping you? It's a very good question. Yeah. It's probably not. Is anybody's favorite character Captain Britain? Maybe. I don't know. I like Captain Somebody. Britain. I like Captain Britain, too, but, but you know, like that was like original content they were getting over there mm-hmm. that we weren't getting. So, interesting stuff. Well, John Morrissey writes in to say that Michael is wrong, so I'm reading this one. <laughs> <laughs> He's wrong about me being wrong, I'm sure. Hello, gentlemen. Did that subject line get your attention? What is Mr. Kaiser wrong about? He's wrong about the German accent that Stanley gives the Nazi soldiers in issues of Sergeant Fury. I think they're delightful. Oh, no, he's wrong. I think they add color and flavor. And I enjoy them as much as the southern accents given to Rogue and Cannonball and the Creole patois given to Gambit. What do you think, Michael? Do you also dislike the accents given to Rogue and Gambit? Or do you think Hmm. they're somehow different? I like how well, I am racist. That's for sure. So let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> okay. But, hmm. You know, I can't think if I've ever found Rogue annoying. I think I've found Gambit annoying before. But I don't know. I just don't think. I don't know. 
It's hard to say. Maybe they're just not doing it well with the German thing. Mm-hmm. Or there's too much of it. Like they need to back off a little bit or something. It does get very thick sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know, they do the Klingon thing every once in a while. You could say Kapla or whatever, and we remember, oh, yeah, they're really Klingons. But, right. But they just talk normal otherwise. So, but then again, if Rogue didn't say, you know, Mista instead of Mister, I don't know what I would do. So I don't know. Yeah. And starting every maybe, sentence with ah instead of I. Maybe Claremont is better than Stanley at fake accents, or maybe they're just not needed. Not maybe. Sure. Claremont did like not only his accents, but his like little catchphrases. Mm-hmm. Like, sugar. I, I've been, she called everybody sugar. Yeah, but like I'm Russian. I've lived in the United States for my entire adult life, but I still I still call people, you know, Tovarish. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. Um and until the Mad Thinker's awesome android becomes a paralegal working for Jennifer Walters, make ours more. <sighs> Nah, you know, I'm, I was thinking about that today. So you're a guy who likes women's rights and stuff like that, right? Yeah, as as most yeah, good occasionally. Guys yeah. So Immortal She Hulk came out. I like yesterday or something, and people are kind of oohing and on over it. Mm-hmm. Or at least I saw somebody on Twitter. But I don't really know her story now. But she's like apparently, you know, roided out and goes around saying Hulk smash instead of being the way she used to be. Okay. And is that a good or a bad thing? Because it's like they stripped her intelligence. Isn't that like a bad thing? Like, you have this awesome female character. Now, granted, she's often overly sexualized, but I always felt like that was kind of like the way Catwoman is. And if you write it correctly, she's using it to her advantage kind of thing. Right. Or she just loves herself because she got to be big and green, six foot six and hot, you know? Uh, 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 But now she's like this crazy giant thing and uh, uh, just says Hulk smash and stuff. And it's just like, did that wreck the character or make it better? I don't know. It's weird. It's a good question. Because on the one hand, we don't have to sexualize her. Why can't she be giant and stuff? But on the other hand, they stripped her of her awesome legal brain and and so, stuff, you know, intelligence and stuff. So my 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 thought with things like this is okay. So we're coming at this saying: Is this okay for to happen for a woman? Um, how would our attitude be if these kinds of changes were made to a male character? If they had a male character um, that is very strong suddenly get roided out and lowered in intelligence because another male character of a similar type that happened. For example, if Red Hulk, Red Hulk, who's traditionally got, you know, General Ross's intelligence, if -hmm. suddenly he were going around saying Hulk smash for, you know, a series. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that is interesting because you've you've changed up the Hulk dynamic. The Mm -hmm. Hulk is now doing other things because I don't think the Hulk is even Bruce Banner right now. I think he's... No, it's that guy. Yeah. So they have somebody else who's kind of fulfilling a similar story role. The fact that it's She-Hulk, I think is fine. Um, okay. For my personal thought, and this is just me as, as a dude, not as a woman, but as a dude who tries to be feminist, um, they haven't done this story with She-Hulk before. At least not for any particularly extended term. So, Right. I think she started out Savage, but I can't remember if that's true or not. Yeah, that was that. That was the name of the series, The Savage She Hulk. I just don't know. I haven't read a single frame yeah. of that to know it. And what it's. Done. I don't know if that means her intelligence was savage or if she was always smart. I can't remember. Yeah, or she just. Yeah, she's got the ripped dress on the cover of that. But is that just because she got you know, she hulks out and she gets big? I just kind of feel like giant green lawyer is more interesting than Hulk Smash. But hey, I don't know. I haven't read it, so technically it could be the greatest story ever. Yeah. And like, like a lot of things, it, it's a story, it's something new, it's something different, and they're going to do mm-hmm. it for a while, and they'll probably go back to expected mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah, they probably will. So, um, 
You have uh, John Morrissey's email? Yes, because that last one had nothing to do with what I was just talking about. You've improved my head cannon on March 4th. Greetings, great guys. Just a few short lines to thank you for improving my head cannon and expanding my appreciation of a larger slice of the Marvel Universe. That is why we do this. Uh, accidentally. My head cannon used to state that no aspect of the Marvel Universe existed before the Fantastic Four blasted into space and into the hearts and the minds of their fans. In 1961, I simply had no interest in reading any tales that occurred prior to that fateful moment. Thus, I've always ignored all issues of Sergeant Fury. I only read Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., because he was real. But thanks to your fabulous podcast, I have been reading along with all the Sergeant Fury issues that you've covered today, and I love them. This shouldn't surprise me because they are written by my favorite writer, Stan Lee, and they are penciled and inked by some of my favorite artists, including Jack Kirby, Dick Ayers, Frank Giorgio, and Schick Stone. So, why have I ignored them for 50 years? Because I'm an idiot. That's why. Thanks so much for causing me to smarten up, and thanks for tuning, turning me on to this very enjoyable title. And so, until you get me to read Millie the Model, make ours Marvel John. Awesome. Can we just call him John Morrissey the Idiot from now on? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that's cool that he likes them. I don't know that I love them, but I have enjoyed them. I really like it. I mean, Sergeant Fury, I mean, there's a reason we're covering it for the show. Uh-huh. I really I really like it. I mean, not every story is a home run. And maybe the series as a whole is not like the, you know, my, one of my favorites. But I really mm-hmm. like the story. I think we started covering it because we both knew there'd be a Cap issue and there'd be a Mr. Fantastic issue. So it seems like really important that they're part of this universe. But uh, it's like, thank God there was no uh, guest appearance of a thing in a two-gun get it two-gun kid issue or something like that, because then we'd be having to do that, too, I guess. <laughs> well, also, Nick Fury, I mean, he becomes, I mean... Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, of course. Of all the right. series that Marvel does during this time frame that kind of get, you know, grandfather... Uh, that's a, that's not the greatest expression. That kind of get brought in into mm-hmm. the Marvel Universe. Sergeant Fury, to me, seems like the strongest by far, because Nick Fury is such a major player at such an early date. Also... What does he mean has not existed? Marvel Universe didn't exist before Fantastic Four number one. What about Captain America, Human Torch, Submariner, The Angel? Um, Well, he says he has no interest in reading any tales that occurred prior to that. And I think we've talked about how the continuity connections between what we're reading and those are are tenuous at best. That's absolutely true. But I guess it did exist in my brain, at least, sort of. But yeah. Um, and there's something else I was going to say. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So I was recently trying out the original Ghost Rider comic because Ghost Rider oh. is Ghost Rider, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, down the road in the 90s, they do establish some connections between original Ghost Rider and this Ghost Rider. And after reading an issue or two, I realized that wasn't enough for me to care. I mean, they were now, fine. What's original Ghost Rider? What does that mean? He eventually starts becoming he call, he gets called the Phantom Rider, but the original Ghost Rider was a oh. Western character who oh wow is kind of dressed like a ghost. Is he orange? Originally, he was white. Okay, wow, I'm not sure I know who that is. Okay, they may, they cool. may orange him up later. I don't know, but um, I figured I would just read him when he actually became part of the Marvel U. I mean, his stories were fine. They were interesting. Mm-hmm. They were actually rather entertaining for westerns. I. It's just not my thing enough to care to keep going. Did you start reading Ghost Rider because it's going to be October soon and you're trying to be on theme or something? <laughs> no, I got. To, I was reading it because we're getting it. We're actually coming up on their debut, and so in my own separate oh. read through, I was uh, I was I was reading the first issue or two. 
Okay. I mean, because technically speaking, we are skipping things that are part of the quote-unquote Marvel Universe. Like, all these cowboy guys end up in guest starring at some point, mm-hmm. crossing over. And Patsy, what's-her-face? Patsy uh, Walker becomes Hellcat. Patsy Walker is, I think these stories are supposed to actually be stories of her, you know, real life. It's all very complicated. But it is very complicated. So we could be covering them, but they're, you know, if we covered Patsy Walker every month, like it would have nothing to do with anything other than a soap opera. Right. Yeah. In the back of my head, when we, if we, if, cause it's so far down the road, cause it's like a Avengers 130 something. But yeah. I mean, if we ever were to get to Patsy Walker's intro into the Marvel U, we might like pick up her last issue of her own series just to read and see what it was and then you know, like briefly talk about oh. it coming into her actual stories I mean, that's, really that's the glad. most i'm really glad you said last issue because for a second there i thought you were going to say we could really quick no just just her last issue just <laughs> you know just see where <laughs> things were before read all 110 of her issues real if, fast and summarize them you know josh bertoni did it so if you want to go ahead <sighs> yeah well i know you could do it but heck no i couldn't anyway um my next thing is tim price march 7th I have a March 6th, John Morrissey. Oh. It's really short, though. Thank you for 100 episodes of your wonderful podcast. We fan, we fans appreciate both of you more than you can possibly imagine. So thank you, John. That was awesome. Oh, thank you. We only did it because you sent us so many emails. So Right. He's, he's the one that sent us all those different character emails, isn't he? Right. All right. So Tim Price comments on episode 99. Tonight we're going to party like it's episode 99. Mm-hmm. Um... Fantastic 443. Low about time for an ending. I kid. This is an excellent story arc. Sue damaging the brainwashing machine. Johnny being savvy enough to pretend he was evil. Reed doing brain surgery, but not really. More like talking into a microphone, so it's the same thing, right? Ben being dragged around like a balloon was a riot. And putting the kibosh on the evil FF. But Johnny letting Medusa escape because um the plot? Eh. Besides that, really great issue. Oh, I thought it was because she was a girl. Yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, but, but it's yeah, also it's kind of the a, plot. Like, yeah. Right, right. He, uh, Bruce Wayne did that Catwoman, didn't he? <laughs> but as far as character beats go, that's pretty Johnny. So it, it was all right. As we found the next time he ran into Medusa and absolutely fell in love with her sister. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've done that before. Whoever talks to him first, really. I dated a girl and then dated her sister. The first mm-hmm. girl got really mad at me. Um, hmm, weird. Strange Tales 137, Nick Fury is full-on James Bond now, and a fun read. So 137, that was really early days. I think those were the Bob Brown issues. Mm. Um, I was genuinely surprised that the agents failed to get the goober back to S.H.I.E.L.D., so that was great to show the stakes are high and HYDRA isn't just losers. But yes, Michael, I agree. It is a step backward for the woman HYDRA to be the daughter of the leader. Yeah, that was really disappointing, but she just ended up being a good girl daughter. Yeah. I wanted to, uh, evil, femme fatale, leader of Hydra. Oh, well. Trying to repair my father's corruption from the inside. Mm-hmm. So female. Ah, Doctor Strange's big story of staring at his unconscious mentor and thinking <laughs> really hard at him. Dang. We should have just summarized it that way. Right? Sorry, it wasn't really that bad. Ditko is still putting out some interesting visuals, and I can see this being pretty compelling as a scene in a movie, but only for like two minutes. And now Strange has finally found the path to eternity, just barely escaping Baron Mordum. Curses foiled again. Yeah, Doctor Strange really does feel like 
those old cereals with the train and the person oh, on the tracks God. and the twirly yes. mustache. Yes. Only, only with magic. Except also every episode ends back on the train again. <laughs> Tales of Suspense 70, Iron Man versus Titanium Man Part 2. Um, what's funny is that we're back to this now. <laughs> yeah, weird. Dang it, I can't remember the movie, but there's one where that one guy runs out of bullets, asks for a timeout, and the other guy agrees. But as soon as the first guy steps out, the second guy fires, and the first guy shouts, liar! The timeout oh. and the story reminded me of that. I do not know what that movie is. I feel like that was like a, a comedy, like maybe a Three Amigos kind of thing. Hmm. Um, I, can't, I, I don't remember specifically what it was either. But Happy, he finally got to do something and then got totally red-shirted. No! Well, that was the last time he did something. Still, all so, these years oh no, later. He turns into the goon. That was a lot of something. It was just bad something. <laughs> Very memorable in all the ways you don't want to be. Right. Cap versus Nazi castle. I keep waiting for the shrinking ray. I mean, that was a big deal. I can hear the scientist guy now. You want shrinking ray? You got it. Yeah, we're going in another direction. We're thinking giant missile. Ah, so you want me to shrink it down as a sneak attack? No, we're just sticking with the giant part. But where does that leave me? Well, funny you should ask. Yep, that's what happened. So until next time, or until you guys reach 100, because, oh my god, 100 episode, guys, that's so fantastic. Make mine, make ours, Marvel. Yay! Yay! That seemed like so long ago now. We're almost on 200. Right, we're at least 30 of the way. Mm-hmm. Episode 100, one part, 100 part one, or was it Yeah, from, from Tim. Okay, I love this series when it first came out, and it's still good. What series? The writing was really great, and I'm a big fan Oh, this fan is the of... Earth's Mightiest Heroes series. Oh, Duh. And I'm a big fan of Scott Collins' art ever since his run on The Flash. Yes, his run on The Flash was awesome. Such a joy to see him on this project. You guys did so well calling out things in the story that didn't quite jive with the original comics continuity, so that was fun. But do I have some thoughts to add? You bet your sweet Bippy. He's reading a lot of Spider-Man. Who are the founding I, what, Avengers? Why is, why, why is he touching my Bippy? <laughs> I remember first reading in Avengers 1, Volume 3, by Kurt Busiek, the suggestion that the Hulk not rec- was not recorded as a founder because he doesn't love the officialness of notary publics. But that fit because this series came out around the same time that Volume 3 was wrapping up, so it was definitely incorporating various ideas Busiek had added to the canon, and the team's char- characterization was totally how Busiek had written them. I don't remember that in Busick Volume 3, but it was probably just like a throwaway line or something. It may have been. I, I have, that's, I've read some of that series, like the big Kang arc that they did, but I mm-hmm. haven't read very much of it. And, um, Poor Hulk. That's kind of where my, Avenger, my, my Avengers lack of knowledge before modern stuff ends. Because mm-hmm. once you get to Bendis, I know a lot about modern Avengers until like yeah. the last, well, the time I stopped reading is getting further and further back. <laughs> <laughs> Just 20 years ago. Uh, There's a page with just Iron Man and Jarvis. Iron Man laments how badly their evening went. Two shrinking heroes, a thug, a god, and a bodyguard. Maybe this isn't meant to be. Jarvis has a silent panel to himself. Is that because he's hoping Iron Man will come around? Or is he thinking, you can do this, Mr. Stark? Because I'm really wondering, did the comics ever show Jarvis's reaction when Stark went public as Iron Man? Hmm. I think we had that same question. We weren't. It kind of was... ambiguous as to whether Jarvis and Iron Man slash Tony were in on each other. That sounds kinky. Um, (laughs) I feel like Jarvis would have to know. 
You would think, even if it was just by accident. Right. I mean, it's it's Tony's mansion, so surely he's done some iron manning there. I mean, I mean, Jarvis must clean his underwear, so come on. How does he not know it's Iron Man? Right? Maybe Jarvis is the only ironing man there. I don't know. Oh, okay. Woo. Cap's PTSD is pulling no punches. I'm actually glad that Brewbreaker's run on Cap started after this series was done, or they might have been tempted to retconally tease that twist. No thank you. That would have ruined the point of Brewbreaker's story. Uh, I don't know if I get that sentence. but um, Yeah, not sure how to connect. Okay. PTSD there. That's okay. I can't remember when Wasp started being able to make herself grow and shrink. I could swear in issue number four, that was a period when Hank controlled her size changes, but not sure. I think we decided it was the whole Submariner crossover, right? Yeah, that was the definitely time when it was confirmed that she could do it herself, yeah. which would be after this series. Mm-hmm. During, during their solo series, the last thing we got confirmed is that Hank was able to make her grow and shrink. She had to do it with pills. I think there are some early days power shenanigans that are best ignored. Yeah. Like in flashbacks. We don't really need to be that literal. Like, I don't need to flash back to early days of Fantastic Four and be reminded that Sue could only do one thing at a time or, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Or every time Johnny sneezed, he flamed out. That's cool. We don't have to remember stuff like that. So that was some weird shenanigans with Wasp is <laughs> having zero control over her own power. But anyway, I can't remember when... Oh, I already read that. Every time you said Agent Merch, I kept thinking Munch, like the Law & Order detective. Dun-dun. What about uh, Wunch? Also, he was in Lois and Clark, wasn't he? Huh? Munch was? Huh? Munch is one of those characters that has crossed over to other shows, and one of them is Lois and Clark. Interesting. Dang! Collins draws an intimidating Thor. Yes, yeah, yes, he, he does. does. Excellent job on episode 100.1. You sure you don't want to just number the shows like that from now on? Marvel has certainly published enough point issues. Seems only fair. I almost wasn't sure if I wanted to do 100.2 because it seemed like now our count's off. But that's okay. It was cool. So until you reach episode 100, 100, I'm sorry, 100.100, or until we meet the sixth founding Avenger, make my make ours Marvel. That would be Hawkeye, I guess. Captain America. Oh, yeah, that guy. Because the Wasp is the fifth one. That's No, I thought she was just a sidekick like Rick Jones. I mean, she gets... <laughs> That's another thing we don't have to flash back to. Yeah. She gets headlined on the splash page, even if she's not on the cover. Yeah, she's Anyways, a founder. She's, she's a, a founder. founder. Full on. All right. Um, let's see. We've got a Gene Hendricks for part two on the 13th, but also... Uh, ben Zemo on the 13th, and it looks like Gene Hendricks is dated earlier. So I'm going to All right. Okay. Gene Hendricks, of course you bring up Norse stuff, and I'm here to comment. Yay. John said, when you're part of a culture that has a religion, in theory at least, the gods of your religion are probably, you view them as the gods of the entire world. Mm-hmm. He says, not really. In fact, to be a polytheist is to believe that there are other gods and pantheons out there that are just as valid as yours. Heck, the Norse even have that baked into the religion with the Vanir being a completely different tribe of gods than the Aesir. The idea of there being one all-encompassing religious truth is much more of a monotheistic worldview. I can see that. Um, but aren't the Vanir and the Aesir, Aesir all part of that religion that you're believing in? Yeah, just whenever I think the god of thunder, I think he's the god of all of the thunder, right? 
Like not right. just the thunder at my house, but also the thunder at that house over there on the other side of the mountain. Right. If they went next door and some guy said, no, no, the God of Thunder is Jeremiah, Lord of Sparkly Fingers, they'd be like, no, and they'd kill him. But at the same time, in the stories I've read in the TV shows I've seen, which, of course, is how I, you know, and, you know, amass other cultural knowledge, um, uh-huh. people talk about other people's gods with as much validity as their hmm. own. Okay. So, but it's usually like in sort of like, I mean, in like a, a blanket statement, like your gods, can your gods do this? Not my god of right. thunder and your god of thunder kind of thing. But I don't know. I've never been a polytheist, except maybe I was. Now on to how Valhalla work. Valhalla is the hall of the dead that Odin presides over, and half of the honorable dead that fall in battle go there. The other half go to Freya's hall. Oh, Freya has her own hall. The problem hmm. is for the wasp is that you have to be a Norseman to get in. Since she doesn't worship the Aesir, Valhalla is barred to her. You'd think that Thor would know that. But when have the comics done anything that aligns with the actual lore where Walt Simonson wasn't involved? Winky smile. So good points, good points. I hadn't thought about the fact that she, you don't get into Jesus heaven unless you worship Jesus. You don't well, get into- Well, that's what we are. We asked that question when we read the comic. Okay. Does Thor actually think that his dead Avengers comrades go to Valhalla? And do they? So we're going to say other, no. There must be other heavens because Greek must have his own heaven and, you know, whatever. But then, to be fair to Thor, this isn't the Thor that's part of mythology. This is Marvel Comics Thor. So he has yeah, a different perspective on how Valhalla works, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's what he says there. As long as it's not Walt Simonson, is it actually a very mythological Thor? Not really. No. So that could be how it works. But I've never, I've never seen anybody in a story where they go to Valhalla and they're, it's like the swordsman or something like that. You know? Right. As far as I know. Do you have Ben, Avengers Zemo stuff? Avengers Zemo stuff. Dear guys, March 13th. Been loving the podcast. I got to the part where you discuss the Earth's Mightiest Heroes miniseries, and funny enough, I've been reading Kurt Busiek's Avengers and Thunderbolts run while in quarantine this week, and I may have some answers for a few points you raised. Yay. Remember March 13th when quarantine was new? Yeah. Fun times. Yeah. Captain America getting retroactive founder status means he gets to be one of the few members of the team who can actually decide the character the charter and vote on new members, stuff like that, which came up in the first issue of Busick's Avengers run. Hawkeye was mad that he and Scarlet Witch weren't granted the same privileges, despite having been Avengers for nearly as long as Cap. So apparently it's a big deal. I can totally uh, see why they would have let Cap have that. And I can uh-huh. totally see Hawkeye being jealous. Uh-huh. They should have just said, Hawkeye, the only reason this issue exists is because Captain America by number four saved the title. So, of course, he gets rear director of founder status. Right. <laughs> As for the how reason Zemo- you got to be an Avenger is because Cap stayed around and everyone else failed. <laughs> right. As for how Zemo could be relatively spry and athletic despite having been a grown man during World War II, Busick broached this in his Thunderbolts run. There was a flashback issue that suggested, suggested that the chemical Zemo developed during the war had certain restorative properties that kept his body physically young despite his advanced age, and the creep was literally shown taking a bath in the stuff. Ew. I'm guessing his son also used it now since he's another one of those characters who should be much older than he actually looks. Thanks to the sliding timeline. Hope this so, clears some stuff up and keep up the good work. When he started that description, I thought the chemical he developed meant the glue. So uh-huh. I was like, this is like health glue. Yeah. Restorative glue. But I yeah. guess if his son is also doing it, then it's not the glue. It's some other chemical. And also, you don't really take baths in glue. Not intentionally. I was going to say, does he have 
does the son have to be doing it or can he just be a modern character? But then it would be really hard to be his son if his dad was in World War II at this point. Unless you change the relationship like they did with Peggy and Shane. Right, right. Now it's this weird great-grandfather or something like that. Right. But then he wouldn't seem to be he, – he probably wouldn't be as mad as, as he is with Cap if it was like a great-grandfather, you would think. But anyway. Okay, so spoilers for one of the zingers coming up on a future episode. Um, mm-hmm. Iron Man 2020, Arno Stark – was Tony's cousin once removed, which means they're cousins, but he's also like, he's the son of Tony's cousin. Right. So, like, you know, one generation down the road. Right. Well, now it is 2020. Uh-huh. So Arno Tony's Stark. Alive. Yeah, Tony's alive and, and same age. So now Arno Stark has retconned to be his secret brother that he didn't know he had. Oh, wow. But he's not from the future? They're not going to make him from the future anymore? He's not from the future anymore. He is, he is present day Iron Man 2020. I don't know about that decision. That's kind of weird. It is a little bit weird. Instead of calling him Iron Man 2020, they could just call him 2030 or 2050 or stop calling him 20 anything. Yeah. Well, it turns out Iron Man 2020 wasn't actually used for very many stories, which I didn't realize. Hmm. Um, So just bringing that idea into 2020 Iron Man stories, I think, was all they were going for. Hmm. Secret Um, Brothers. Those are always great. Yeah. When you find out that, like, you're not actually your blood son of your parents, you were actually adopted. They had another blood son that you didn't even know about. Yeah. That's really weird. And then that guy kills your parents in a weird skiing accident. And then he hates you for life. And he creates these really kind of boring movies, except <laughs> the, the one that, that actually should be connected to him. He doesn't even bring up. So that's weird. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I've got Tim price. Uh-huh. It's a rare. Oh, this is a hundred part two. It's a rare day when I can listen to the new episode this soon. And glad I could. Various little thoughts on the comics. Iron Man plugging into the wall. He has a three-pronged plug. If he is stuck in a room with only two-prong outlets, does he have one of those bright orange converters in an iron pocket? I dearly hope so, Tim. (laughs) I mean, he's Iron Man, right? Of course he does. And I bet you it's transistor-powered. I bet you it is. Nice that Pietro and Wanda have on-brand colors for their parkas. Blue and red. But kind of a nod to Pietro's later costume since his current one is green. Wait, that means the Maximoffs are Christmas colored. Joy. Yay. Joy to the mutants. They don't believe in Christmas, but. Yeah. They buy it. They're European. I don't know. Do they? Yeah, maybe. Valhalla. You've already had the expert reply, so I'm probably overstepping here. There was a resident of Broxton, Oklahoma, who fell in love with an Asgardian woman. And after he was killed, he did end up in Valhalla. I only know that from reading lots of recent Thor series. Gene, does falling in love with an Asgardian count as worship? That's a question. Like, what if you just worship the Asgardians? What if you're not uh, Norse? Right. You believe. Like, Thor exists in their world. So if I was just walking around as an Italian, minding my own business, and Thor saved my life, and I decide to be a devout Thor worshiper, do I get into Asgard or into Valhalla when I die? Well, Gene's phrasing earlier, he starts out saying she's the have to be a Norseman to get in. Then he says, since she doesn't worship the Aesir, Valhalla's barred to her. Mm. So maybe the assumption is that not being a Norseman, you probably don't worship the Aesir, but maybe you don't have to be Norse to worship the Aesir. Especially if all that stuff's floating around. Yeah. Tony slash Iron Man were a lot more effective at dealing with merch than Henry Peter Gyrick. Of course, including merch as a retcon, really, since this level of government oversight was never implied in the original comics until Gyrick came on the scene, and the team was terrible at dealing with him. Still, that's just a quibble because it makes for fun stories here. 
Hmm. We're not going to get to Henry Peter Gyrick. I mean, if we do, we're going to be old. We're going to be older than we are now. Uh-huh. But I would love to see how all of that unfolds for the first time. Yeah. I mean, I've read it, but it's been a while, and I'd like to see it again. Exactly. Jarvis's mother has been shown repeatedly as being in fine health in comics from the 2000s. I have seen no signs of her declining. I would venture that Jarvis is in his early 50s, like me, and his mother is late 70s to early 80s. But really, the J-Man could even be in his 40s, reasonably speaking. I forget why his mother came up with a conversation. Maybe he mentioned him in a in passing story or something. Did he go no, see she, his mother? She was in the comic, yeah. Did she show up in the comic? Hawkeye rescued them both. They went to dinner. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so Jarvis could be like our age or <sighs> that's even really younger. Sad. That's really sad. But that is and how aging alive. works, I guess. Yeah. This issue does make it sound like Jarvis knows about Tony and Iron Man. But I'd venture he hasn't been told, and I really don't know when that would have been official before <laughs> the crossing. You are correct that in comics, only Thor and Iron Man knew each other's secret identities until Avengers 216 to 224. Is That sounds like Roger Stern numbers. Is that the uh, Siege story? Uh, oh, God. I'm looking right now because I'm not sure about numbers. I started with 216. That would be James Shooter. Oh, okay. He says in that storyline, Cap and Wasp learn the secret entities in various issues and situations. You'll probably get there in episode 100.200.313.444. Yep. <laughs> probably. I'm trying to figure out if Hawkeye tying up Jarvis was now a plan they concocted together, but Jarvis is scowling because Clint improvised some. Jarvis, you can free me by shooting an arrow. Hey, Avengers, watch me shoot three arrows at once. Wait, what? But the cheers moment they have in the kitchen was awesomely depicted. Scott Collins is so good. I think they definitely conspired on the pretending to kidnap him and invading the mansion thing. I think that Clint took it upon himself to free him by shooting arrows at him. Mm-hmm. So that's where the scowling came from, in my opinion. I would not want arrows shot at me that I was not expecting. No, no, that would be scary. He says, hmm, maybe those thoughts weren't so little. Thanks for bringing with me. Until next time. Or until Tigra, who learns the secret identities of Thor and Iron Man, make mine, make ours Marvel. I feel like Thor's identity isn't all that risky to know. But anyway. He is secretly a um, <laughs> Finnish god. Yeah, right. He's secretly Olympian. Oh, <laughs> they haven't done that story yet. I have Sean Urbanski. Episode 99. Episode 99 from March 21st. Not really episode 99, but I didn't respond till now. Several episodes back, you mentioned Cap doing a little artwork in his free time. Made complete sense to me based on reading podcasts I recall. The story is in WW2 Kirby's commanding... Wait, the story is in WW2 Kirby's commanding officer found out he was the guy who drew Captain America comics, so he put him on scout team so he could draw enemy positions. Kind of metafiction in comics. That only comes to mind because I had to read Lost in the Funhouse in college many years back. Love the podcast, and I thank you all for the fun and insight. Interesting. Interesting. But I don't think it was Kirby's idea that Cap draw, so I don't know. Can you imagine? You're like, you know, I don't know, just being a soldier, and Mm -hmm. it comes out that you're the guy who draws Captain America comics, and (laughs) your boss is like, I can use that, soldier. Come here. Uh, What did I get myself into this time? That happened with a lot of... There's like a lot of celebrities that 
during that time who went to war and just ended up doing celebrity things, you know? Pretty sure Elvis didn't see the front lines. I've never done celebrity things. No, me neither. All right. Almost done with March. This is going rather quickly. Yeah. March 23rd. Not Comic Special 23, Deadpool 2 Redux. Yes. I have watched Deadpool 2, and that was plenty. It was a crazy, hilarious ride, but I'm fine not watching it again. I, f- I think I remember him saying the same thing about the first Deadpool movie. Uh-huh. And like you all, my big takeaways are Domino was amazing. I really want to see her back in another movie. Yes. Russell was Rusty Collins. What? Mind blown. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I had forgotten that. My mind's blown all over again. Yep. And man, you had to bring Essie on the show to make it even better. That was lots of fun to listen to. Thanks as always, Marvelous Ones. Boy, that was like our last guest star, huh? Yeah. We should yeah. have them on the show again for some we reason. We got to figure we out a reason to do that. We don't do that anymore. Um, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I really do enjoy the Deadpool movies, but I don't necessarily hanker to watch them often. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Maybe because they're just too silly. I don't know. Like, there's no uh, drama Nothing to latch on to. Yeah. yeah. But I do really want to see Domino again. I really want to see Cable again. So I hope there's, like, an X-Force movie or something. That'd be cool. You get my vote. Okay. So I was wrong, but now Mr. Kaiser makes me feel dumb. So I just uh, got back at him, I guess, on accident. <laughs> well, before that, I have a oh. couple of comments from Tim Price. Do you have okay. either of these? I guess not. Okay, well, I'll, I'll read them then. Um, Tim Price writes about episode 101, Don't Save the Baby. Avengers 20, nothing says great teammate like trying to kill the team's leader. But hey, the kooky quartet has so much arguing over leadership, Swordsman is just an overachiever. <laughs> right. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man 29. I agree that Ditko's artwork for JJJ's faces was awesome for this issue. Jonah was so great cowering one minute and preening the next. But wow, I didn't realize Peter was unaware of Jonah's part in creating the Scorpion. I assumed he knew early on. This made Mm -hmm. for a fun story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't even know if he ever finds out or when he finds out. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Then I had a question. Can scorpions swim? Google says, not really, but they can move in water and they survive submerged up to 48 hours. I am never swimming in Arizona. <laughs> Where did that question come from? I don't think. I don't, oh, because uh, Spider-Man defeated him in the water. Oh, that's right. I don't think they have water in Arizona. Mm, not a lot. Thor 121. You guys wondered about Absorbing Man growing as large as a building, but I believe in his first appearance, Abman became a hill made of earth and rocks and stuff. The dude can get big. I think what I've learned about the Absorbing Man stories is I just don't really have a very comics accurate conception of Absorbing Man. Yeah, I always thought I, I just uh, thought his powers were more based than that. I guess they're more complicated. Yeah, I, he touches stuff and he absorbs the stuff he touches, and like his I, skin turns to that color is basically what it happens. I, I think my only Absorbing Man experience prior to those stuff we've been reading on the show was Secret Wars. And in there, he basically would touch a rock and he'd turn to a rock. Right. They didn't get into the nuances of his ability to absorb like Hulk's energy or something. Mm-hmm. Or absorb a forest and become as large as the forest. Right. He's like, he's more like Parasite almost in a way, except I don't think he weakens the other person. Or does okay. he? I can't remember now. Okay, Tim. We're going to have to have a conversation because Tim's next line is, did Balder head over to check on Loki in a hurry? 
meaning did balderdash. Mm, that was painful. Oh, oh, tip. <sighs> really, really paid the price for that All one. This, <laughs> don't, don't write these emails so late at night. Tales of Asgard. They miss an obvious name for Thor's career, the Asgarnauts. <laughs> <laughs> well... That's better what the, than what they were calling him, the Argonauts. He says, I, 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 I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> Tales to Astonish 73, Submariner. Namor finally, finally expressed feelings for Dorma. I'm sorry, but about dang time. Yeah. I, I don't think Namor knows what to do with feelings. Well, like to be fair, she's all over the place, too. One minute she wants to kill him, next minute she is loyal to him, so... Maybe Atlanteans just aren't the most, like, psychologically stable people. You know, we're judging them by human standards. Maybe they have their own cultures and traditions. Totally true. Okay, I just have this thought about Krang writing his diary. Dear diary, I don't know why the people don't love me. I imprisoned Namor, their leader. I tortured their beloved Lady Dorma. I have taxed them into poverty and disintegrated any who protest. What more do they want from me? (laughs) And how am I writing on paper while underwater? <laughs> you know what? I bet that's going to happen. <laughs> At the cape shop. Hulk. Sheesh. The watcher was appearing a bunch in this period. And yeah, not great stuff. I'll just hang on to his next FF appearance. Yes. Yay. Travel at the speed of thought. I have thought about this way too much. The leader's device definitely doesn't work as a sci-fi concept, but as a fantasy concept, maybe it's the speed of a concept. Maybe it's mm-hmm. allowing the Hulk to move as far and fast as the leader can imagine. So no, it doesn't hold up for scrutiny, but I kind of appreciate the metaphysical whimsy of it. And whose thought? Maybe it's the speed of the leader's thoughts, and he thinks faster than we do. Oh, know. maybe. Maybe I got too literal with it. But, you know, maybe. it's podcast. How do you measure the speed of thought, though? It's weird. Anyway. And I agree, John, I cannot stand when the last page or panel of a comic is shown on the cover. Hate, hate, mm-hmm. hate. Yep. I will mention it every time on this show because it is my peevious pet peeve. We should have been counting how many times they've done it. <laughs> but you know what I don't hate? This podcast. Another oh, great good. show, guys. Until next time or until the Watcher kicks an X-Man out of his house, make mine make ours marvel. Awesome. I've got one more from March okay. 28th from Tim, and then we can get over to the April email. Okay. Um, 102, Matt Murdock and the Furries. Oh, boy. Strange Tales 138. I'm, this is from Tim. I'm trying to figure out if any characters are appearing in two or more comics per month, not counting the Avengers. I think the only ones are Fury, Dum Dum, and Gabe. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, as far as regularly appearing, yeah, because now that Torch doesn't have his own series anymore. Yeah, so it's the Avengers because they're the Justice League. Right. Whoops, sorry. That sounded like a video game collision. (laughs) I just dropped something. Fury's bulletproof suit is dang helpful. It's also helpful that Hydra agents shoot straight at the suit instead of aiming two inches higher at Fury's uncovered face, even (laughs) from one foot away. Wow. Well, you're supposedly trained to shoot dead center. I don't know if that's really true or just some fictional thing to to explain why nobody ever shoots the head. But mm-hmm. would it be messier if you shot him in the head? Like, wouldn't there be like brains? I assume and it's a brushes? harder target than the chest. Yeah. But by how much, I don't know. I I I am not skilled with the blasting things. No, I do. I've only shot a gun like one time, and not Doctor, a person. Doctor Strange, Eternity. I will say no more. Strange starts to walk away and wait. I actually had another thing to say. There. Now I will say no more. 
Strange stands awkwardly. Do I do I leave now, or is is the E guy going to think of something else? But yes, one of Ditko's most memorable character designs. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tales of Suspense seventy one Iron beats Titanium. That was a pretty great fight, and the tension after was real. But I noticed from episode one hundred's coverage in that miniseries, the NSA guy couldn't stand Iron Man and preferred Stark. While here we have a senator who likes Iron Man and snarks Stark. Hmm. Cap's big finish in World War II? Well, maybe just finish. It has been fun to see the series experiment with different approaches, but I'm hoping the present-day stories will be more consistently fun from this point on. I think they have they, been. They are. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember doing my Cap read through, just like riding the suspense ride was lots of fun. Yeah. Once you get past all the old... Once you, you, know, once you get past the, the, the World War II stories and the weird prison story, and we're getting there now. Fun show as always, guys. Until next time, or until Titanium Man embraces capitalism with a scheme to turn him and his henchmen into credit cards, make mine, make ours marvel. I'm scared wow. of that story. Thanks, Tim. Right, yeah. Okay, now you can go. <laughs> okay, April 1st, John Morrissey. Again, yes, Mr. Kaiser, again, you're always noticing things that go right over my head. The, this time around, it was in Avengers number 20 that you covered in episode 101. By the way, this means that my emails worked and you're recording past episode number 100. Yes. It's all you, John. It's all you. While covering this issue, you pointed out that Don Heck forgot to include the stripes on the back of Cap's uniform throughout the entire issue. I thought to myself, no way. There's no way that I read this entire issue and didn't notice that. But I didn't, and you did. You are correct. As usual, I am not worthy, Mr. Kaiser. So true. So, until Captain America raises a sun in Dimension Z, make ours marvel. You know, that is actually Don Heck being Golden Age accurate, probably, because... They didn't put stripes on the back of his back then either. Mm-mm. At least not often. It's very inconsistent. Read, and I've read that Dimension Z stuff. I have too. In fact, I think we read that for no Mighty Shield. Did we do it for Mighty Shield? Is that yeah. why? Yeah. Yeah, that's why. When we, were, when we were thinking about doing a keeping current with Cap kind of series. I think that was the last time I was current with Cap was that era. It's yeah. been a while then. I know. I need to get back on that. But I, every time I poke in right now, he's kind of eh. They were doing like all these cool Alex Ross covers, and then you open the inside, and it's not Alex Ross. I, I kind of find that annoying sometimes. Why, why would you do that? Right. It's like they want to sell me by the covers. Okay, so um, question from Don. Hi, I did a quick audit of your website and created a PDF going over the exact improvements you can make to help you generate more customers online. Just reply <laughs> yes if you're interested. Well, Don. Oh, I hope you did. Yes, I am interested. Exact improvements I should make on my website. Just forward them on to Mike because he does that, all that. That email seemed very specific to us, too. Right, right. Very personalized. Um, how about instead Murray Jackson, episode 102? Yep. April 7th? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Um, oh, I have April 6th. Matt Murdock is paranoid and should be. Oh, that's just a time zone difference because okay, it's go dated ahead. 1247 a.m. So it's like probably oh, 1047 okay. for you. Um, regarding Matt's reaction to Foggy running third party, wouldn't you automatically assume the worst of any new people you meet if you lived in the Marvel Universe? Well, it's early days, but I get his point. Yes. Yeah. Matt Murdock is paranoid and should be. It's kind of like on Star Trek when someone sees something and nobody else does and then, then nobody believes them. I'm always just like, um, remember last episode and the 200 before that? Take Wesley seriously for the love of Pete. Okay. Um, I'll read this next long one from Tim, and then you okay. can read the long one from Bobby. Shut up, Hawkeye. Mine was just, yeah, mine was just one oh, sentence. Was 
Okay. Um, I've got Shut Up Hawkeye. And, okay. um, well, actually, there may be other ones before, Bobby. Anyways, I'm a week behind. Dad gum stay at home order means no commute, which was my podcast listening time. Hashtag nerd world problems. Yeah. My podcast that is an issue. got really far behind during quarantine, so mm-hmm. I understand. Um, Avengers 21, the public's often on mistrust of the team begins here, which is cool and not surprising as Cap's Kukwa is ex-villains. Pretty great tactic to use against the team. Mm-hmm. Cap's Kukwa. What is a Cap's Kukwa? Kuki Quartet. Kuki Quartet. That's just him being being uh, that, that one guy from Parks and Rec. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So Power Man. He is ionic powered, but the energy starts to fade over time, so he becomes not as strong. He gets the pin particles to make him grow larger as Goliath, then becomes Atlas, loses the ions, but still grows with Pimpars, eventually swaps to no Pimmers, just growing via ions. Science is amazing. That is very all over the place, and oddly, I don't believe that ever happens to Wonder Man, and they were created in the same way. So maybe it's dependent on who you ionicize? I don't know. Maybe. My um, my wife is um, president of the union for her university, uh-huh. and I've been wanting her to start calling it the onion or the union uh-huh. instead of the union, and she won't do it. Yeah, I would do union. Not the onion, because that would be confusing. But Union isn't taken, except by Power Man. Oh, oh, anyway. Amazing Spider-Man 30. I liked quite a bit of this story and sad to see Peter Betty really over. But yeah, I read this before listening to the show, and the story made no sense trying to explain the purple guys as cat minions. That's even more sad, so I'm hoping it'll improve a little bit in the next issue. What the heck is a purple guy and a cat minion? I'm drawing no, a blank here. Um, issue 30 had the cat burglar guy. But also the purple guys running oh, around stealing science stuff. Yeah, and they tried to make it the same, like connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's the right. The story I implies now. really strongly that they're connected. All coming back to me. The cat has lots of similarities to the fox. I also yes. remember Black Cat's dad was a burglar. Yes, I and totally I haven't read any thing. stories featuring him, if there are any. But I could swear Felicia would say his alias was the cat. Something to look into. He does look a lot like the fox. And all I remember about the fox is that his entry in the Marvel, official handbook of the Marvel Universe was drawn by Todd McFarlane, which was pretty awesome. And I learned uh, about the fox because his um, debut is in the Alien Saga, which also had lots of black cat stories in it. Yeah. See, I didn't get into Spider-Man until the second round of Venom. Mm. Oh, me too, but I uh, I got the trade paperback. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I've read some of that since then but like back in the day yeah back in the day uh fantastic 40 40 44 wow gorgon's wow. hooves are much more powerful than in the stories i've seen taking out city blocks is hella intense i have to think they nerf him later without any explanation that i was fairly impressed with his powers too but i can't say i know a lot about gorgon so i wasn't sure if that was consistent or not maybe it's one of those things that like he still pulls out occasionally, but mostly mm-hmm. doesn't need that much power to it. Yeah, it'd probably be a real drag to go around blowing up city blocks all the time. Like Superman can punch a planet, but uh-huh. doesn't really need to most of the time. Right, right. I find the Inhumans interesting only when there's a fish-out-of-water character involved. Either the Inhumans away from Adeline or an outsider being part of the story. Without a contrasting element, there's no in, just humans. Just my take. Interesting. Or just well, I don't. Tristan. I don't find them interesting so far. So maybe that hasn't happened yet. The fish out of water part. Although the Fantastic Four were the fish out of water, so that should have worked, right? 
Well, we had Gorgon and Medusa before they rejoined the group. That was the best story. Yeah, so I think that's what he's saying. Once once we get to the Inhumans mm-hmm. and we're doing Inhumany things, it becomes less interesting. Well, it didn't help that the rest of the story didn't gel with the beginning either. Right, anyway. right. That was a big speed bump. Mm-hmm. Um, Thor 122. So Harris Hobbs thinks I'll kidnap this nurse in the hopes she can help me learn Thor's human identity. Because that's journalism. And sure, kidnapping is a crime, but journalism. Wow. Did we even think of that? I feel like I didn't think about that part. I remember being disappointed by the reveal, but I didn't think like, why is this journalist being illegal? Right. Stop committing crimes. That is not reporting. We're supposed to report on your crimes. Don't Maybe because in, my, in the back of my mind, I think that oh, there's a lot of journalism that is probably illegal. So it didn't right. really bother me. Tim says, yikes. Oh, and you may be curious. So I went back to skim through his previous appearance for signs of him linking Thor to Dawn or Jane. Nope. Nope. Not here. That's a big nope a I bet TMZ would kidnap Jane. Probably. They're probably. Because they listen to this. Yeah. Jane Thor was the best. I am so on board with the movie version of that. Yes, 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 et cetera, et cetera. I need to read it. I haven't read it. I need to read it. I read a little. It was pretty good. And the Tales of Asgard. Huzzah! Adventure! Volstag was totally on point in this issue, which is delightful. And I think this is his first time called The Lion of Asgard. Yay! Cool. I didn't know that was a thing for him. I, I didn't know that. that either. I did notice him being called The Lion of Asgard. That's about it. Here's hoping I can catch up on the new episodes. Until next time, or until Volstagg's children beat Thor in a snowball fight, make mine make ours marble. What? Okay. Volstagg has a lot of kids. Number 104? Yes. Okay. Tales to... This is also Tim Price. Tales to Astonish 74. Do you remember how, in the last part of Namor's story, I depicted... Krang as feeling like the victim where the citizens are never happy? Yes, mm-hmm. in this very episode. It's still going. For pity's sake, I'm shooting them down in the street. What more do they want? And yeah, why streets in an underwater city? Or a tank, for that matter. <laughs> so the murder robot tank has something to drive around on, of course. Oh, see, I deflated his joke. Sorry about that, Tim. Okay. It's okay. I really like the part where Aquaman dove into the trench to save Mara. Wait, wait a minute. Seriously, Fighting the Faceless Ones was so similar to that part of the Aquaman movie, I couldn't read it any other way. Was that a scene in the Aquaman movie? Yeah, they use the Jeff Johns trench people. Okay, I must not have got that far. Um, I've only seen like the first beginning of it. Now, is it me, or is the art in Namor almost a 70s vibe? It seems slicker, more fluid in the action. Probably just me, but I'm digging it. No, I think I said that, that it felt more advanced than it should yeah, I think Me. that's just Colin being awesome that he really yeah. does make the the um like flying through the air and 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 you know swimming through the water really makes that look fluid. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and Hulk did stuff too. He totally did <laughs> stuff. I I totally remembered this chapter adapted to the Marvel superheroes cartoon. I haven't watched it in decades, but that hovering yellow ball of death. I clearly pictured it before reaching those pages of the story. Whoa! You know when the Hulk. Turn back to Gray during Peter David's tenure as writer? Yes. That's exactly how Hulk's dialogue reads in the last couple of issues. It was a big point that Mr. Fixit was not Banner, but a distinctive personality. Perhaps, but fascinating to see more instances of thug, but not primitive Hulk back then. Yeah, if we've learned anything about the Hulk, there was definitely no, like, 
delin- well, maybe there is, but there was no just moment necessarily where he goes from like a thug to Hulk smash. Right. It's kind of it's kind of murky. But anyway, the X-Men number 14, Jean alternating between Miss not appearing in this issue and look, I can fly. Ugh, I don't know why she gets so little to do. I mean, it's not like she can only fly. How lame would that be for a superpower? Slowly turns to Angel. <laughs> hey, he dodges lasers really well. He's the most powerful mutant. Remember that one time he almost went evil and ruined the whole world? Right. So I'm a computer programmer, and I got to say, if Trask was actually able to build and program killer robots, then I shouldn't have wasted my time on a CS degree and should have studied anthropology instead. I want to build me some killer robots. Don't build evil robots, Tim. That's that's you the know title what? of the episode. Don't build good robots either because they never work out. Strange Tales 139 from the Matrix sequence Fury was trapped in. Look. It's the Brainosaur shooting fire out of its mouth. But wait, the Brainosaur can't do that because it's not actually a dinosaur. That's how Fury figured out the opening scenes weren't real because Nick confused the dinosaur with a dragon. Excuse me, I'm going to go lie down for a while. (laughs) Okay, I'm back. Aside from that, I enjoyed the spy hijinks, even the ridiculous parts like exploding freeze-dried food. Oh, maybe that's how how you power your killer robots. Doctor Strange versus Baron Mordo was excellent. I viewed it like... Strange was using the magical equivalent of Aikido, redirecting his opponent's force away, and sometimes Judo, using Mordo's force against him. I have martial arts dabbled. Maybe my brain filled in the blanks to make up for the art, but I felt like that's how it worked, letting Mordo waste his power, really looking forward to the next issue's big finish fight. Right? Right? Until next time, or until another big red guy whose name rhymes with bulk, Knocks out the Watcher with one punch. Make mine, make ours marvel. Did the Red Hulk punch the Watcher in the face? Well, it seems to suggest so. Red Hulk punches Watcher. Guess what? Google completed that for me. So I'm going to assume yes. And there are pictures. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that's the thing that happens. I don't like that. That doesn't make sense. Anyway. When do comics have to make sense? Isn't that what we're doing this podcast? How could the Watcher, like an energy being, care about being punched in the face? Seems weird, but whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Tim writes about not comic special 24 Dark Phoenix. Sorry, I haven't seen this movie yet. And none of the digital options will let me rent it, only buy it. And I'm just not ready for that kind of commitment. Based on the show, it sounds like there's cool parts. There's ugh parts. Some more of the X same. You know, that is a major problem with our... Not special things. We get excited about something and then go to try and find it, and it's like, oh. Hard to find. Uh, Dark Phoenix, I remember, I ultimately had to sign up for HBO on a free trial, and then I was able to watch it, and then I canceled. Don't tell HBO. That's what I did. But that's what I did, because I did not want to buy it either. I will not tell HBO. I mean, they offered. (laughs) Okay, so the movies I did see, trying to rate them like you all did. Favorite X2. Yes. Guilty pleasure. I keep waffling between the Wolverine and First Class. I can see that. No likey. Apocalypse. Heck no. Bittersweet to reach the end of the X movies, but gosh, Flash Gordon. Like John, I've only seen snippets of it, but not the whole movie. Hmm. Thanks for the <laughs> fun episode, Marvelous Ones. Uh, we went off the rails a little bit there, but. So uh, now that you've seen it, Tim, are you still sane? I guess we'll find out. Probably I on this episode. Um, how about Gordon? Is that next? How about Gordon? 
April 16th, episode 98. You didn't notice that that Scarlet Witch, Wasp, or Giant Man are three heroes that didn't appear in the FF wedding issue, unless you count being on the cover. Why the Scarlet Witch is an in it is a big mystery since she is a member of the Avengers at the time, and both Quicksilver and Hawkeye are there. Mm. While Hank not showing up isn't such a surprise because he was always shown as an absent-minded professor kind of character, Jan should have been front and center since she always enjoyed the social aspects of being a hero from the beginning. Oh, well, this is just history, but maybe you should remove their tags. Oh, he's talking about my posts. Oh. Is that why I tagged it? Maybe. Wait, or, wasn't that whenever Wasp and Giant Man weren't even in the comics right then? Well, I'm trying to see if uh, there was, or they in Tales to Astonish? No. Why did I tag them? I don't know. I don't see them tagged. Maybe I already fixed this from back when I originally got this email. Well, yeah, I guess we didn't notice because uh, there's 8 million other characters in there and none of them mattered. <laughs> um, it is kind of funny that Wasp wasn't there, and I wonder if this ever gets retconned to her being like the wedding planner or something. You know, I could just see that. Yeah, this is around Avengers 19, so the Wasp and Henry Pym have left the team and left their series and aren't anywhere right now. So mm-hmm. in-universe, someone should have thought to invite her, but how would you? Yeah, I was just wondering if, like, because I don't think there was any crossover between the FF and Avengers other than a fight. Mm-hmm. So would Jan have been all excited about a Sue Storm wedding? I don't know. Yeah, I can, I can envision in her um, sitting at home reading the newspaper or watching the news about all the superheroes at the wedding and thinking, man, and, like, hating the fact that she missed out on that. You know it would be a great story is her going to the salon and getting a Sue Storm haircut. That would have been hilarious. That would have been fun. Uh, but yeah, why no Scarlet Witch? That seems like... Yeah, that's a big deal to me. I, I, I'm, I'm so, sorry I did not notice that, because she should have been there hmm. and was not. All right. Um, I will read Bobby Bermea. Oh, I don't even have that. Okay. Off-topic question, April 21st. Mm. Hey, guys. Still love the show. I am trying to create a podcast, not comic-related, and well, I don't know anything about it. I'm a director of community engagement for a professional theater company, as well as actor and director. And in that capacity, I'm in charge of satellite programming around our given season. Now, of course, there's no theater going right now, but one of our satellite programs is called Community Profile. Community Profile is a program where we identify a population that the given playwright we're exploring is particularly interested in and offer them an absolutely free writing workshop that reoccurs once every month. However, The point is less about turning people into great writers and more about creating community and a safe space for people that might not have either. For instance, this year, two of our playwrights are Paula Vogel and one is Brandon Jacob Jenkins, who are both gay. So our CP cohort is of the LGBTQ community. Sorry, it is the community. They come in and talk about talk and write about what they've talked about. And when they share and they laugh and they cry, let me tell you, sometimes it gets pretty intense. All this to say... Sorry for the long-windedness. Was I was going to say, what context. does this have to do with the Hulk? Anyway. This is off topic. <laughs> okay. We want to try making a podcast. Like, I would take one of the writers in the cohort, interview them briefly about their lives, what brought them to community profile, and maybe some context around the writing they're sharing. But obviously, right now, at least we can't be in the same room. And also in the future, some might even be leaving the state. I might be wrong, but I could swear you guys are not in the same state. If that is true, how do you do it? What software do you use? How do you record both of you? How is your sound quality so good? Any help you could give me would be greatly appreciated. 
Your show is an oasis in the desert. Well, um, this is a really easy answer. I just do whatever John says, and it works out. <laughs> we use Audacity to record. Um, we talk over Skype. Uh, Skype has a built-in recording feature, which we also use as a backup. Um, Mike records Audacity on his end, and I record Auda- using Audacity on my end. That way there's no recording of like any digital transmission problems. Um, I sync up the tracks in Audacity. I have a couple of editing tricks to make sure the sound is, is pretty neat. And, um, and that's it. Other than that, you need a microphone. Um, I use the blue Yeti mic. So do I. And, um, I was just recording with someone else recently and they use, uh, they use Zoom instead of Skype. Evidently, mm. Zoom is becoming more common nowadays. Yes, it is. So, um, be, that's that's like the mechanics of making the podcast and you've got to think about like how you want to host it and where um anchor does a lot of podcast making and hosting stuff uh libsyn does a lot of podcast hosting Word, you could just use a wordpress.com account yeah if you can find a they place have. to host the files you can create everything through wordpress and link it to the files and or i mean wordpress has a dot-com version where it, they do it all for you yeah so, so th- that's there are lots too. of options. I would, Don't, I would go ahead. I was going to say, the only thing I would add is it sounds like you want to have a lot of like people that are, you're interviewing and stuff and they may not cooperate with the whole, uh, record Skype, record audacity on their end thing or not be able to cooperate with that. Right. So, but I feel, I still think we sound okay when we, when we've had guest stars in the past that, and we just use the Skype recorder. Yeah. It, it's more for like avoiding possible problems than like really, you know, it's it's super much better mm-hmm. um if because a lot of times my my internet has been kind of flaky in the over the years and so if it flakes out and i'm just recording my voice any any distortion mic here just doesn't get recorded but i don't think that it happens nearly as much as it used to mm-hmm. um so yeah if you can if you can get somebody on a skype call and record with them on skype um i think zoom does recordings microsoft teams you can record your conversation and then um Find some way to host it. Yeah, there's either there's either websites that dedicate to that, and it's all set up for you. And you just upload the file, or like I said, like we use, I use, I host it myself, and I use WordPress, and it has mm-hmm. a plugin called PowerPress, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's what we use. But you know, there's plenty of options. Some of them paid, some of them not. I think the paid ones are nice in the sense that you probably get better stats than we get. Right. But uh, that's kind of whether you have the budget for that or not. I don't know. Yeah, when I was starting, I went through Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, and they had great stats mm-hmm. as far as you know how many people were hitting your file and such. Um, and you had to pay for that based upon how much new material you're uploading within a month. So Ooh. you're not paying for storage, you're paying for new content. Wow. Um, which I found pretty you know satisfying at the time. But yeah, so there's hopefully some ideas. Um, of course, this was in April. You wrote this email, and it's now September 25th. So all this might be a moot point, but there you go. <laughs> so they're all like bugging him. When are you going to set up this podcast? He's like, I'm waiting for an answer. Apologies for not responding to this in a more timely fashion. We just we let the emails go until it's email time. Or maybe um, we did, and we just don't remember. I don't know. Anyway. All right. Tim Price, April 21st? Yes. Okay, episode 105, Tales of Suspense 72. So after three issues of Iron Man fighting a larger version of himself, Titanium Man, it's great to see a totally different story. Let's see what we got here. Jealous Countess 
mechanical threat becomes a larger version of Iron Man. Yeah. Wait, did that happen? I'm trying to remember. Isn't that the Titanium Man story? I think you say the next thing was very much like the Titanium Man. I thought the next thing was Happy being the weirdo. Or no, it was Black Knight. I don't know. Cap and the First Sleeper. I also remember the cartoon version of this story, but I don't remember how Cap beat them in the end. No reading ahead for me. I'm looking to find I'm looking forward to finding out as the episode's air. Looking forward to it. Hawkeye, hey Cap, can you tell us more stories about Bucky? Like that time he died? I love hearing that one. Wait, where are you going? Don't you like talking about the dead kid? Jeez, what's his problem? For the <laughs> love of God, Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah thank you guys for saying what i've been thinking every time that it was 20 years ago line gets said yes it was just a month or so ago for cap not 20 years let the guy process his feelings oh wait it's the 60s so that means going to a bar and getting into a fight right hey hawkeye let's go out cracks knuckles (laughs) except cap doesn't drink or i don't know if that's true yet anyway the fantastic 445 i did not know that the ff took in Dragon Man like this. That makes DMs joining the Future Foundation a sneaky callback. Nice. Wow, that's a thing? Later? I guess. Yeah, 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 because Dragon Man becomes intelligent, and yeah, he joins the Future Foundation. That Future Foundation thing, I need to look into that once in a while. I've never really figured out what it is. Um, The All Red series was really cool. It's just like all these smart people dressing white, isn't it? Um, The ones that I read were like the Fantastic Four supporting cast while the main FF were off in space. So, like, like you have Franklin and Valeria and other people. Mm. But they call themselves the Future Foundation, which makes me think, like, okay, all these cool eggheads getting together, like Mr. Fantastic and Dragon Man and Spider-Man, they're going to cure cancer and create a new alternative fuel, right? Right? But then you probably open it and they just start fighting the wizard or something. Probably. Because it's comics. Anyway... After some missteps with new characters, Dr. Doom's goons, Stan and Jack really hit something with the Inhumans. Love seeing their first intro. I do want the questions answered, like why they want Medusa to stay, but she wants to go, and when Crystal's crazy hairband gets introduced. So keep them coming. Well, Tim, you should be awfully disappointed. And hey, Karnak's first appearance. Oh, wait, 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 before you go on. I don't think that's a hairband on Crystal. I think that's her hair. I've always wondered about that. Because why would it be her hair? But I It might shouldn't be. be her hair, but I think it is her hair. I guess the question is, have we ever seen her like not in her costume? And does she still have that hairband? That's a good question. I think, I though, know. that in the uh, live-action series, they oh. had encountered into her hair. Oh, okay. And hey, Karnak's first appearance. Man, he was hilarious on The Tonight Show, holding those envelopes to his head and the funny questions <laughs> and answers. Such good memories. Oh, this is Karnak with a K. Hey, it's not my fault. They both have those huge hats. I looked it up. Carson started doing Karnak in 1964. Hmm. Hmm. That is a little interesting. Anyway, Amazing Spider-Man. Did did the Amazing Karnak, like, was he like a smaller person, like our Karnak? No, he was Ed McMahon, a large person. Okay. Oh, no, he was Johnny Carson. Oh, Johnny Carson doing, like, a bit? Yeah, okay. he was. He would hold up an envelope and say the answer, and then he would open the envelope and say a question, and the question was funny because of the answer. Anyway, it's like Jeopardy, but backwards right. funny. Anyway, Amazing Spider-Man 31. I have read the concluding issue of this trilogy in a reprint, so I know who Master Planner is. No, it's not the Purple Man, although you'd think so with the Purple Goons. I mean, you got to keep your aesthetic going. Yeah, but he's not a Batman villain. Does he even need goons? He can just do whatever he wants. Anyway, but these... 
lead-ups are pretty cool. I agree. Marvel does like the mysterious villains. I dig it. And I loves me the original Hobgoblin. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow, Gwen Stacy. The relationship between Gwen, Harry, and Peter is certainly going typical for Peter, but boy, I am loving this early look. Granted, I think hairband look is the definitive Gwen, but this is really great. I don't think that's a hairband. I think that's her hair. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Don't think I didn't hear that, the greatest Avengers story of all time. You know the Under Siege story because yes, yes, yes. Until next time or until Captain America fights a robotic, larger version of himself. Oh, come on. Make mine, make ours Marvel. I know that one's real. Oh, a RoboCap? Yeah, giant RoboCap. Okay, John Morrissey wants to be your friend now. He says, thank you, Mr. Kaiser. Hi, he's just obsessed with me. It's getting awkward. Uh, Yeah, well, you know. I'm cool with it. I have a big ego. Go ahead. Long distance crushes are nice. Yeah. Greetings, garrulous gentlemen. I am writing to thank Michael for his insightful commentary about X-Men 15 in episode oh. 106, but I guess I'll start by thanking John. Okay. John, thanks for pointing out that this issue of X-Men was the first wherein the phrase astral form or astral image was ever used in a Marvel comic. Such obscure firsts just tickle my fancy, which is why my use of the adjective garrulous is my alliterative opening is meant as a compliment. I felt threatened intellectually because I don't know what that means, but... Um, returning to the point of the email thank you Mr. Kaiser for what? thank you for speculating so insightfully on the the perhaps huge difference between the astral image employed by Professor Rex in this issue and that of Doctor Strange in his issues I know this comment is about an issue that you read like six months ago and thus you have no (laughs) idea what I'm talking about well correct you suggested that not all astral forms are created equally. You suggested that Charles Xavier is able to expand his mind and reach out to a distant location via his astral projection, whereas Stephen Strange literally sheds his essence, even his soul, and it is that which travels to distant locales. I think we've since been proven wrong, because I feel like there was an issue where Charles' astral thing like fell and couldn't crawl back to his wheelchair body or something which Mm -hmm. doesn't really seem like a mind thing it seems more like he's physically a ghost i don't know how the heck does that work i don't know i don't know either make the rules with these how does he read minds of robots either for that matter so whatever right or like move stuff with it yeah yeah the important distinction has provided me with hours of thinking and pondering and speculating and what else is one to do while self-isolating so thanks for seeding my indignation michael and so until she hulk makes out with thor Make ours Marvel. I seeded his imagination, not his indignation. But That's maybe it. he came up with an answer. So maybe write in and let us know what all those hours of pondering came up with. Because I don't think we figured it out. Also, garrulous means talkative. Ah, we are that. Um, before we go to the next thing, I passed uh, an iTunes review. Okay. So I thought I'd throw this in there too real quick. This okay. is from April 20th. So it's right around this time. Uh-huh. Um, from, from, from Carl B., Five stars, Excelsior. Truly enjoying this relaxed and thoughtful stroll through the early Marvel days. I appreciate the respect shown each issue, even the clunkers, as well as the humble approach the hosts take to layering in details and insight from the broader canon. I wish I'd found this podcast sooner and was worried the deliberate pacing would make the class difficult to sustain, but I'm delighted to see new episodes appearing. Keep them coming, guys, and hopefully I'll be caught up soon. That is the um, best thing going on with this show is we are deliberate and consistent. Yeah, I I definitely feel the bug to, like, make faster progress, 
but like I'm okay. Que- I'm okay quelching that bug and like not listening to. Well, it. because if you really think about it, it's pointless. Really, really, it is because it's like, are we really expecting to catch up? I mean, how fast would we have to go to catch up? Really fast. Yeah, we'd have yeah. to read. First of all, even if we only summarize, you know, for a sentence and only said thumbs up, thumbs down, you still have to read them all. So right, it, it's not easy to just say, oh, we're going to do twenty issues. A week because I have to read twenty issues. I can't do that. That's not going to happen. So there's no time. I mean, John does that all the time. But then he, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to do your other reads because you'd be all Marvel all the time. Right. Right now I'm all Superman all the time, so it's hard to do my other reads anyway. Yeah. I don't know why you're not podcasting about that. Come on. That's just more time. <laughs> squandered. Squandered opportunity. Okay. Start over. Uh, did I? Are we doing? What are we doing now? Um, I have ten little monthlies. Tim, Tim Price. Price. Is that me or you? That's you. Okay. Thor 123. I hadn't read this issue before, but I was given a calendar a few years ago with Marvel Comics covers for each month, and this cover was on one of them. Jeez, those headshots. Clearly Absorbing Man and Loki, but Odin's is quite underwhelming, and the Witch Doctor wins the WTF award. I don't remember that cover. Anyway, so basically Thor didn't need to be in this story. He brings reporter kidnapper to Asgard. Now I remember this story. And Amnesia kisses him at the end and watches Odin do all the work. But he tried. Dad, I could do the fighting. Honest, I'm pretty good at it. And I have this sweet hammer to whack him. Not now, Thor. All father's busy. Ah, cheese and crackers. That's true. He didn't do anything. No. That's okay. X-Men number 15. Because, maybe because it's... Maybe because I'm reading these issues on Marvel Unlimited, but the Sentinels were red and purple in both 14 and 15 and not their modern color scheme. This early design is pretty ugly. I guess Trask skipped the artistic design courses for his anthropology degree. Did that happen to us, that they were red and purple? I mean, uh, yeah. What is their traditional color scheme? Purple and purple? Yeah, I, I, I think of them as like um, pink and purple. Yeah, pink and purple. That's it. But I can't... Um, I, I remember they were like... Orange crowns and stuff like that, and those those first they that a weird color scheme. I'm surprised Marvel Unlimited doesn't sometimes recolor things to make them more consistent, consistent. which I would hate. But yeah, I would too. Maybe that's they why might. they don't do it. Maybe they don't. That'd be awesome if they don't. Okay, I really like Jean getting a degree of prominence in this issue. She told Angel to say Professor X flew herself up the cliff, didn't let Scott sideline her inside the fortress, took down a Sentinel. That's a big improvement from last issue where she just flew around. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Professor X falls out of his wheelchair, and the X-Men get him back into it and retrieve the blanket for his legs. Okay, sir, you're safe. Now we'll go attack the Sentinels. Wait, did you find my blanket? Um, no, I really need my blanket. Uh, to me, my blanket. <laughs> <laughs> Daredevil number 11, the furries. Thank you for that, LOL. You are welcome. Ten- Tales to there's nothing else to say. Tales to Astonish 75. Namor says, I'll protect Dorma with my own body. You know what's a great way to do that? Holding her in your arms while facing the attacker. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing a little flaw in your thinking. A little bit, a little bit. That said he was surrounded, so how's he gonna do that anyway? Whoa, sure glad this storyline is wrapped up. I wonder what'll happen next. It's not done, but this story titled The End of the Quest, it's gotta be done. The end? is in the title ARG table flip. Just like Hulk. It was the end, kind of. Anyway, Hulk again manages to travel between continents by leaping with leg strength like that. Why does he ever bother punching? Just kick your opponents to Europe, one hit, win every time. 
I'm pretty sure he could punch his opponents a year up too, though. But anyway. Yeah. I, I, I never, see that happen too. I, <laughs> I've seen him get punched into space, but not punch anybody into space. I've seen Superman punch people, like, not, not punch, but throw them, like, really far. And yeah. Not to Europe, but, like, you know, a football field. That could kill somebody. Superman. I think it, I think I considered it a death. Yep. Oh, I never really appreciated how much Bruce Banner was a weapons manufacturer, now a time gun. Why hasn't Stark recruited him yet? They are best buddies in the MCU. Yep. But dang, Betty was awesome, telling off Ross and Talbot. Loved it. So until next time, or until the Master Mold fights his greatest foe, a five-year-old boy and his friends, <laughs> make mine, make ours Marvel. <laughs> that has to be real. I think so. I think I know what he's talking about. All right. Um, I think Wait. that I think we we're have, done, only right? have one more. Oh, I'm on May 1st, but maybe you have something I don't have. I have a little April 27th one. All right, cool. From Jay Halterman, episode right. 85, Team Fantastic versus Team Frightful. Ooh. You could say that Madame Medusa was mainly responsible for the FF's defeat in issue 38, as it was her capture of Susan Storm that made it all possible. The evil FF were at their best when they had Medusa on the team. It's a shame that Stan made her into a heroine. She was much better as thoroughly evil female foe. She was absolutely the most interesting character on that team. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree that she was definitely interesting as a uh, a woman on the team who like really knew how to play guys off each other. Uh-huh. More interesting so far than just being like the lamented queen lover of Black Bolt so far. But- mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, that's been a step down for her. Uh huh. Why is a queen being a step down? I don't know, but it is for her. It's like she's just doing his talking for him, and that's it. Right, and like shunning um, uh, Mad Max's advances. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think that's gonna wrap us up. Yep. For another email bag. Been over an hour, and we finished another month. So now we're only twenty months behind, or something. We did. We did two months in this episode. Oh, nice. So everybody remember month we will eventually catch up. Everybody remember May first is when we start again next time. Yep. Everybody remember where we parked. (laughs) Do you remember where we parked? So um, if they are inspired by this feedback episode to send more feedback, Uh which they do, they should write us podcast at makeoursmarvel.com. Or if you don't want to remember that because you're driving around or something and you don't have a pen, just go to the show's title makearsmarvel.com and there's a handy little contact form you can fill out and while you're there you can also check out all the other episodes we have a weekly uh show about comic books not just the people commenting about comic books um and you can find the links to the rss feed you can find links to our social media and yeah everything you need is hopefully there makearsmarvel.com if a i remember to edit this and b michael remembers to post it then the other episode on the feed right now is episode 129, where we're talking about Thor 132, Daredevil 20, Sergeant Fury 34, and Strange Tales 149. I don't remember a single one of those numbers as far as what makes them cool. We've got Tana Nile over in Thor. We've got um, um, Gene Colan starting on Daredevil. We uh-huh. have um, uh, stuff. With we have stuff. Sergeant I Fury. mean, chances are one of us is going to forget anyway, so this is all for nothing. But still, there's definitely a episode over there. Definitely an episode. All righty. So, um, yeah, until next time, we will be here to do your uh, emails again. Mm-hmm. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for writing in. 